Hello and uh, welcome to this second is for everyone podcast number episode 26. Uh, firearms training should be mandatory. I'm this is Tony Simon and I'm here with my best friend Sean Fisher from Black Bag Resources. Hello Sean. That makes me sad every time you say it. Which one? <laughs> that I'm your best friend. You got to be able to do better than me. Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, you're my best friend, but I'm your only friend. So, I mean, what? <laughs> Just joking. You have tons. You're of my friends. friend. What? You're my friend. Eh. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. So, do the intro. All right, let's get into the intro. Welcome to the Second is for Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Hey, what do you do this week, Sean? Um, what didn't I do? <laughs> uh, I assisted Mike Wolfert from Justifiable Force teaching his Utah, Florida concealed carry permit course. Um, so obviously the, the course is not a requirement for Florida or New Hampshire, but he covered how to get your permit in the course anyway. We, uh, we ran drills on the simulator, um, covered some of the legal aspects, of course, covered the entire Utah course, which was interesting. Um, I did the fingerprinting for him. So it was a good group. We did that with a girl and a gun uh, organization in Lehigh Valley chapter. So that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Monday, I got some range time for me, um, which has been way too long. I mean, I'm at the range all the time teaching classes and stuff, but uh, I, need, I needed some me time. So we went out to Gooseville with Doc Schoenfeld, uh, ran drills, did exercises. We brought along his uh, his seventy pound sandbag, and uh, <laughs> I generated some hate mail with some videos of us <laughs> running drills with that. I love I love the people who get on there and like, oh, you're fat. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm doing the exercises so I can be not so fat, dummy. Um, but that was good. We brought out uh, AR pistols. We did some handgun drills. Uh, we got to work on Project Counterpart a little bit. So that is is nearing its conclusion. I got a few more things to, to finish up on that. And that's done. And we'll have to schedule another day to, to just run the crap out of that. Um, and it's a, always a good day when I get to shoot my RPK. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and behind the scenes stuff for BBR doing back house stuff and, and ordering and setting up uh, a couple new vendors that we'll, we'll talk about later on. And yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, <clears throat> I was supposed, well, I wanted to go to the, uh, uh, the Utah, Florida, whatever. I forgot the other state. <laughs> Connecticut, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire class, but man, between all the stuff we have going on between diversity shoot, our own training that we're doing, plus my regular job, plus setting things up. I was like, wow, Sunday. <laughs> it's actually a day off. I, I think I'll actually use it as such. So I ended up doing stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up doing stuff here and getting stuff organized, getting the parts together for the 2A4E AR-15 that we're building. That's what I did Sunday. Uh, Wednesday, I was out at range 14. Uh, working with the RE Factor Tactical IQ, IQ Targets and the Dead Man's Hand training cards with my Ruger SR-22 because myself, I'm trying to improve working double-action, single-action pistols. I haven't done that. Uh, this year, I was actually wanting to dedicate my time to mastering one pistol, just running one pistol and getting good at that for me, my, myself, personally, not, not for classes. And uh, haven't been able to do it because of class schedule, diversity shoot schedule, um, reviews, and everything else I'm doing. So that's what I did. Um, I was also on a uh, guest on Daryl M. Brooks on Fire podcast. I met him at uh, the Second Amendment speech we did in Trenton. Uh, actually, he was at both of Second Amendment speeches that I did. Excuse me, Second Amendment rallies where I did speeches, um, but 
at the second one, we actually got introduced and started talking. And he's actually going to do an on-fire tour throughout New Jersey and the inner city, introducing uh, people to their Second Amendment rights in the inner city. Uh, he asked me to actually be part of the tour. I told him I'm really busy, but I'd promote the tour. And if something comes up that I'm not busy for a half a second the rest of this summer, I might be able to jump on and do something with him. But right now, I'm just going to promote Daryl M. Brooks and the On Fire Tour. You can go to GoFundMe and help him out uh, if you so choose to. So that's what's been going on with me. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You, you, you become an instructor. You get involved in all kinds of cool stuff because you want to shoot guns. <laughs> and then because you're doing all this gun stuff, you don't get to shoot guns. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully. And you're like, I'm, I'm doing something wrong here. I'm surrounded by firearms and firearms awesomeness all the time. And I never get to shoot any. <laughs> well, the cool thing about it. Oh, one, let me give a shout out to Angelo Yacone. An yeah. Angelo helped me out big time. Um, had My tires were worn. And um, I didn't know how bad they were. I was going to go to Pennsylvania to Harrisburg for their second amendment rally. And Angelo saw my car. What what were we doing? I don't know. We were doing some training. Angelo saw my car and said, dude, I can see the air in your tires. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I can. Right before that. But yeah, there were, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a whirlwind. Like we've gotten involved in, in a lot of stuff and it, it makes for a very busy calendar. And the funny thing is, I don't think a lot of people realize, and, and I'm, I'm, I don't know. I might, you know, ignore the man behind the curtain. Uh, I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain. Tony and I still both work full-time jobs <laughs> apart from all this. And neither of us do like short hours. Like I'm good for about 60 hours a week at my day job. And I think you're, you're almost there too, right? Oh yeah. We actually build in the overtime into our work week. Uh, <laughs> that simple. Um, anyway. Yeah. And, and the day I was supposed to go out there, that was a Monday. Uh, uh, the tires were just too too important for me to drive from New Jersey to Harrisburg, which I think is like a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour trip one way. Um, yeah, from where you are, yeah. Yeah, and then the dead zones are huge uh, with cell phone coverage, so I would have been a, stuck on the side of the road with a blown tire in the middle of nowhere. So I went to Bridgewater, uh, New Jersey, which was on the way out to Harrisburg and just put new tires on the vehicle. So I'd like to give him a shout out and a shout out to all the people, all the Patriots in Harrisburg that went to their second amendment rally. It was awesome. I heard a lot of good people were out there. Adam Kraut, uh, who ran for the NRA board of elections, didn't make it, but not for lack of trying. Uh, Nate Murr from grip stop. He was there. Uh, John Patton from the gun collective, all these guys are friends of mine, and uh, I was really hoping to meet up with them, Josh, Joshua Prince. All these guys were there, and they make a difference and a real huge impact in Pennsylvania's Second Amendment community. And I was kind of bummed that I couldn't get there, but sometimes priority, priorities are just that, priorities. Uh, and safety is safety. I don't think anybody's going to question this. Not with, if we do, uh, <laughs> saying, well, you guys don't do enough because you didn't go to this one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to be... Well, here's the other thing. Harrisburg, Harrisburg was right on the heels of, like, 25 other events we had just done. Yeah. I, I live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we lost you there for a second, Sean. So, uh, yeah, you were, you were actually telling us how you lived in Pennsylvania and you weren't going to be able to make it to, out to Harrisburg. Yeah, it was It was just a matter of, you know, it was it was... I hadn't seen my family in about eight days and I've got two great little boys and uh, a hot wife that, that needed some attention. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and you, you know, you, you do everything you can for everybody, but if you're going to neglect the people that you're really doing it for, because let's face it, the, the whole reason I fight so hard is to make sure my sons can enjoy their freedoms the way I do. True. So, if I'm not going to spend any time with them and I'm just going to be an absentee father, it's really, that's a, that's a major component missing from that whole experience for them. Like exactly. great, they can own guns, but they kind of need to have a dad too. So exactly. I, uh, I took a daddy day. Yeah. That's what you have to do. All right. Let's move right along. Um, hey, if you're going to put in the work, you're going to put in the work. 
everybody wants to be a rock star until it's time to do rock star stuff, right? I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, you say it all the time, Dorcas. <laughs> all right. All right, let's jump into legislation. I'm really freaking doing this. Uh, I'm taking a soft pitch here and just reminding everyone to vote in your primaries. On the state level is where we're going to make a difference. This is where the fight is. The following states in the month of May have their primary on May 8th, West Virginia, Indiana, North Carolina on May 15th, Idaho, Nebraska, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and on May 22nd, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, and Texas. All of these are primaries. I'll go ahead. This is not a mad minute, but this is me going off on people. Stop sitting in your butt and waiting for someone to put together a reference for you to figure out who's running and who you should vote for based on their Second Amendment. Look it up yourself. Find out who your representatives are and look into it. Way too many people are going, what does the NRA do? Um, and sometimes they even look at those NRA ratings and, and they go, oh, this guy's a B plus NRA rating. Well, it could be NRA just playing politics, and this guy could not be that great. And there's somebody else you can vote for. So take that can, into account. Can Let's we talk about how you get your first of all? How do you get your NRA rating? NRA sends you a survey, and you fill out the survey. Oh, yep. And, and then you send that to That's how you get your rating is based on how that survey is scored. So you can say whatever you want on that survey and get an A+. Plus and then still have a terrible voting record and be totally anti-gun. So you got to be careful with that too. You know, I think NRA is pretty savvy and they go back and they, they double check some stuff and the voting record comes into plate. Hello. Glad to talk tonight, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you drop right off there. Sorry about that guys. We'll work on this. I'll uh, wrap some aluminum foil around my forehead and that should help reception okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> do your research um do your own research again nra rating really doesn't mean what you think it is it's not like they dove into every elected official out there and did background checks on them that's up to you they're your elected officials you look into it if you live in a state where you can only vote for your party then look into who's in your party and find out where they stand do the research for being lazy. Right. All right. Let's roll on in the gear whore right now. Now, my gear whore today, <laughs> usually we do this as a review, and then I came to the realization that we can talk about any darn thing here. And one of the guns I want to talk about that I'm pretty much purchasing, today I picked up my pistol purchase permit paperwork, say that three times and not stutter through it. Um, I, pick, I want to purchase... A Smith & Wesson M&P Shield 380EZ. That's another long name. I was going to say that's Yeah, I know. Hold too. on. Let, let me put it together. Today I picked up my pistol purchase permit paperwork so I can purchase a Smith & Wesson Military and Police Shield 380EZ. Um, <laughs> see, look at me. I'm awesome. This uh, 380EZ, I checked it out. This is the new semi-automatic single-stack 10-shot uh, Smith & Wesson uh, pistol that came out in February of this year. I got some hands-on time with one at the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg. It really cocks easily because it's a small pistol, but it's not so small you can't actually you know, get your hands on it uh, around it as a grown man. Uh, all my fingers... So it's not a it's not gun. a mouse gun. It's not a full size gun. Overall length of it is six, little over six and a half inches. So it's smaller than my hand, <clears throat> as in lengthwise. It's about five inches high, and it's kind of thin. It's an inch and a half, which is okay. But some of the inch and a half is actually the ears on the back of the slide poke out to assist you in racking the slide. The spring is very very easy to operate. The reason I'm looking into this is because sometimes when we teach classes, we have people who don't have the hand strength or don't have the arm strength uh, to actually operate a slide on a semi-auto. So one way around this is I purchased a Ruger SR-22 semi-auto 
but it's still a rimfire. Um, I want someone right. to shoot something center fire for two reasons. One, more recoil. Um, it's not heavy. It's not hard to shoot, but it's center fire so they can get their hands on it. They can see how it is. They're not intimidated by it by the end of class, and they can purchase one for their own safety and security. So that's why I'm purchasing this particular handgun. Um, I checked it out again. I can get my big hands around it. It's not a problem. Even the magazine has ears on the side of it to allow you to push the follower down so you can easily load rounds into it. The entire gun is built for someone with weak hand strength. I mean, that's the whole purpose of it. It has Picatinny rail on it and everything so you can put a light on it. They come with or without a manual safety. And then on the back, like a 1911, it still has a grip safety there, too. That was surprising to me because there's not a whole lot of guns, new manufactured firearms that have grip safeties on them. There's the XD couple, line. Right. Yeah, the XD line. But name name another one off the top uh, of your other head. Other than uh, the new 1911s, uh, nothing. People act as if somehow grip safety yeah. is like the only thing and it's verboten in a handgun. But understand, the whole HKM7 series of squeeze cockers had the exact same thing. It was just, it was on the front and not the back. So, right. so I mean, you know, tell people to take it easy, Francis. Um, <laughs> I think it's a good thing. A lot of people, especially people who don't have the hand strength, aren't in the firearms, are not real comfortable about having a firearm with no safety on it. This is a safety, and that way you don't have to have a thumb safety, which you really have to train it uh, to place a thumb safety on and off. You really do. Um, just so in an emergency, right. you don't pull it out, still have it on safe, and can't use the firearm. And again, if you don't practice with it, somebody could take this gun away from you. So I, I think it's really cool. Um, it's a sweet gun. I've, I've seen other people shoot it. One of the detractors, a lot of guys say, especially the firearms trainers and, and the more tactical dudes, is with a gun this size, I could have a nine millimeter. Again, this gun is not made for them. This gun is made for someone who probably couldn't control the recoil of a nine millimeter in a firearm this size, because now physics is still a thing. And it's going to be hard for a person who really doesn't do this to control that recoil of a nine millimeter in a small lightweight pistol like this. Even myself, right. with big hands when I was shooting the, the nine millimeter single stack Glock, which one is it? The 42 or 43 and nine mil. I think it's 42, right? 43 is nine mil. I hated that thing. Yeah. The 42 is the 380, and that's the one they released mm -hmm. first that everybody was like, well, we'd rather have a nine millimeter, but we're going to buy this one because we're Glock. Oh fanboys. yeah. The Glock fanboys flocked to it. Me personally hated the nine millimeter version because it felt like I was getting hit in the hand with the handle of a hammer every time I pull the trigger because it was so thin and it sent the recoil directly into the web of my hand. So again, full grown dude, shoot Mosin, shoot full, full loads, shoot buckshot, all kinds of that stuff, shoot slugs. And I did not like shooting the nine millimeter in the Glock 40, 43. So. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't like mouse guns either. Just in general, I have a hard time controlling them and I don't know if it's partly because the gun is so small, I don't get a real positive uh -huh. grip on it, right? My, my hand gets in its own way. So, I, yeah, I yeah. feel you. So, I mean, that's that. Oh, I, I was scanning through it as I was talking about this. I have no idea. I'm looking at the guns and ammo article on it real quick. And fantastic. Overall length, inches tall. The width is only 1.03 inches wide. I was wondering why it seemed so wide, and I assumed it was the wings on it. No, nah, I just misread it. So it is a very thin firearm, which really aids in its concealability. That's one of the things that makes it easier to conceal a firearm is the length of, of the hand grip or the butt and also the width. And without the safety, I'm thinking this would be a really cool gun to carry too. But understand what you're dealing with. You're dealing with 380. So, you know, plan accordingly. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're not dealing with something that's going to blow someone's arm off. <laughs> You're gonna shot placement is a thing with every pistol. 
people forget that sometimes. All right. Well, that's my gear whore moment. That's what I want. I think it comes with two mags. I'm not really sure. Um, like anything else, I'd have to get multiple magazines with this pistol because of training. Um, when you train with it, you're going to drop them on the floor when you do mag changes. You're going to be rough on them. And, and truthfully, it, for me to check it out and actually recommend it to people, yeah, I'm going to carry it. So uh, my, personal, my personal feeling about magazines is you have training magazines, you have training and practice magazines, and then you have the mags you use for self-defense. You don't mix them up. The mags you throw on the ground and throw in sand and get stepped on and knocked around, yeah, those aren't the ones you depend on to work. Uh, in a self-defense scenario. Those are just the ones you train with. That's where I come from on that. What about you, Sean? Um, yeah, I just kind of keep track of which mag yeah. is which. Um, I, I mix mine all together and, and kind of don't worry about it. But yeah, if I identify a bad mag, that one gets marked in such a way that I know it's it's not to get used anymore. All right. So that's that. Hold on, see, boom, 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 boom. All right, uh, we're gonna cut this short. Even though <laughs> Sean and I, uh, we're trying to keep these short intervals so you guys can listen on your way to work or in your ride. So that's what we're doing. Um, we're gonna launch. We were gonna launch into a commercial, but I'm sorry to say, um, I canceled all our contracts with Dick Sporting Goods uh, after the debacle. So I will no longer advertise for Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, and I don't even feel bad for losing them as an advertiser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much like Mossberg, I, I will not idiot. work with Dick's Sporting Goods. So this, there's no commercial break for that. I'll talk to you guys when I come back with the Mad Minute. Talk to you soon. Uh-oh. <laughs> and welcome back. <laughs> Hello? Sean, you there? Hello, Sean. Sean. Yeah. All right, cool. I got nothing but silence there for a minute. Actually, for 18 seconds. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Second is for Everyone podcast, episode 26. Firearms training should be mandatory is the name of this episode, and that's also the topic of this mad minute. This is what I hear from a lot of Second Amendment people. Way too many Second Amendment people. Uh, the firearms training should be mandatory. Now, some I understand it when I hear about pe from people who don't do firearms, aren't, aren't into the whole firearms, quote-unquote, lifestyle. If you shoot guns and you think firearms training should be mandatory, I understand your thought process, but you're way off. You're way off because of a couple of things. One, it's right there shouldn't be preambles for your rights. You don't have to take a class or be an educated in any way whatsoever to say whatever's on your mind, for good or for bad. You don't need a formal education for that. You should need a formal education to own a firearm. But just like your right to speak, you should be educated on what you're talking about. And you should be aware of firearm safety and how to actually use one effectively and efficiently. But this is something you have to do as, as a part of your responsibility of owning something that is a deadly weapon when used pretty much as it was designed for the most part or when used incorrectly. So that's my problem with one of the things. The other thing is this. Mandatory training that's required usually sucks. It's usually mandated by the state, which means it's mandated by someone put in a position based on nepotism or job opening or other qualifications that have nothing to do with firearm safety and security. More than likely it was put together by somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. That's another thing that people really don't think into. If you put the state in charge of it, you're not getting the best. The state doesn't do anything better than what the civilian world itself and the marketplace does. It sucks at almost everything it touches. Another thing you haven't thought about is how much is it going to cost? Especially in a place like New Jersey, where they would just use that as an obstacle to stop ownership for poor people. But it won't even be limited to poor people. It might be too expensive for you. Understand, 
where they put the $200 tax stamp on ordering a submachine or owning a submachine gun or a fully automatic firearm or a suppressor. It was $200 in the 1930s. That's the equivalent of $2,700 today. Imagine a $2,700 tax on a suppressor today. Exactly. They do the same things in states like New Jersey, New York, California. They do the same thing on your mandatory training. They'd make it exorbitantly expensive for people to actually get it. And here's another thing that happens. People don't think it through. They think if the state mandated the training, that's all the training they need. And as I've already said, it's horrible training in the first place. So now they have this horrible training that might be one or two rounds, live rounds fired, and that's the entire training process. And they think I'm good enough, and I can carry this Desert Eagle concealed with me everywhere I go. It's just that simple. The thing about mandatory training would, it would have way more negatives than positives. Firearms training and firearms are responsibility. They're your responsibility. Take training and take it seriously. If you don't, no kind of mandate will actually make you take it seriously. How many classes have all of us sat through that we really paid no attention? We just went through the motions. One of the things we have to go through every year in my place of work is need to know about chemicals and emergency equipment, and it blows. And no one pays attention, and your eyes roll up to the back of your head. Mandatory training is ridiculous and a bad idea. So stop repeating it before you think about it on a deeper level. People should get trained, but it shouldn't be mandatory. That was my mad minute. It wasn't really a rant. It was just something I've heard a lot, and I wanted to actually put cogent points out about how it's a bad idea. What you got to say about that, Sean? Um, I think maybe we should look at what other kind of mandatory training is out there and the results that come from that mandatory training. You know, to, to drive a car on public roads, you have to partake in a mandatory training course. And there is a licensing process. And these are things that people have suggested we do for firearms. Um, and I think that's, that's brilliant because, you know, the driver's license and mandatory training for, for uh, operating a motor vehicle has been a huge success. You never see idiots on the road who don't know how to drive. Nice. And let's not talk about the death rates on the roads of all the idiots that don't know how to drive compared to accidental deaths with a firearm. Right. Yeah. No one really wants to do that. um, Right. It's the truth. Think your way through a problem. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You want people to be safe operators of firearms. Duh. So do I, especially as a firearms instructor. But you never know what kind of qualifications the state, which is another word for politicians, will require. Right. Well, here, here's, here's another example from, from actual practical experience, right? Maryland had a mandatory training course that you had to do online before you could purchase a firearm in Maryland, right? So once you completed this online training, you printed out your card and you had to take that with you to the gun shop before you were allowed to purchase a firearm. Uh, just for craps and giggles, I decided to do it. And, you know, you, you sign up for the thing, you put in all your information. It says it's going to take about an hour. I did it in 22 minutes uh, and found at least six different mistakes <laughs> in the information that was presented in what amounted to nothing more than a PowerPoint that you clicked through and then got your certificate of training at the end. Wow. Right. My favorite was the arrow pointing to the top strap on a revolver and it was labeled slide. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Yeah. That, that was a good one. Wow. So yeah. And there was a bunch of stuff like that where it was just, it was obviously written by someone who did not know what they were talking about, didn't know what they were doing, and was appointed to that position for whatever reason. And they were the ones putting the mandatory training together. Um, and and the other thing I think you touched on was that, you know, you make that mandatory training and then people think that's all the training they need. Mm-hmm. And it discourages them from actually pursuing more education. 
because they go, oh, well, I did the mandatory thing. That's good enough. Yeah, no, it's not. Exactly. And that's a problem. That's a damn bare minimum is, and that's not even getting your toes wet. And again, they'll get someone they don't know even enough to know they're in trouble, and that's one of the yeah. problems. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, mandatory guns, uh, mandatory firearms training, bad idea. Um, I think we beat Matt to death. Let's go into training concepts. Training concepts. In the next segment. What was that? In the next segment. Oh, okay. You want to slide into the next segment? All right. Yeah, let's let's put this off here. We'll come back shortly after a brief word from our sponsors. After a brief word for us, uh, darn. Yeah, actually, Dix bought two back-to-back commercials. So, yeah, there won't be a word this time, but maybe next one. All right, guys. Hey, listen, let's get a free one to High Point then, because I heard High Point has uh, severed ties with Dix as well. Oh, really? High Point? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. High Point did put that out. All right, so let's end this and we'll do a quick commercial for High Point. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Second Is For Everyone podcast, episode 26. Firearms training should be mandatory. That's the name of the episode. We're right now talking about training concepts. Today in training concepts, we're talking about the use of self-defense gun stories or gun use as training aids. There's a lot of them. I think some in your NRA magazine, you can see it. They call it... um, I forgot the name they call it. What was the name they call it in the NRA magazines? They have three stories every month of civilian self-defense yeah. firearms use in the NRA magazine. And it's always good guy stories about how the good guy won. And if you read those stories. Whole, it happened to me thing. Yeah, that's it. It happened to me. Um, a lot of the cop magazines, they have these too. And again, it's always the good guy wins by the skin of his teeth thing with the cop mag sometimes. And, um, I think it's SWAT. I used to read it in as a kid. And NRA Magazine is the same thing. It's always a good guy wins. They just put down what happened and it ends the story. There are no lessons taught there. And some of the stuff is even questionable legally whether these persons should have used a firearm for that particular incident. Um, I think that's a problem when you look at this as almost a comic book, if you know what I mean. If all of a sudden this stops being training, uh, it if you're not looking at it as training and if you're looking at it as just a good guy wins story, you really need to think more deeply into this. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of the uh, podcasts is I'm, that I'm on is uh, self-defense gun stories. I never get the name of my own podcast, right? Yeah. Self-defense gun stories on the firearms radio network excuse me, on the self-defense radio network. What we do every week is we have a a stable of six different firearms, self-defense firearms instructors. Each week is a different one. We come on and talk about three stories of civilian self-defense use. But what we do is talk about lessons to be learned in those particular stories, Um, what they did right, what they did wrong, and what we all could learn from it. And that's how you should look at all of these stories, not just as, ooh, that was a good one. Good guy came on top, screw everybody else. You know what I mean? You have to look at this on a deeper level, and you could learn something from it, not just someone pulled out a gun, shot the bad guy. How, how about one of the things you should look at is how could, a, how could this whole thing been avoided in the first place? Right, Understand. don't let it be the Western dime store novel. <laughs> yeah. Tales of Dairy Widow. Exactly. Because understand, anytime you use a firearm in self-defense, it might not go your way when the cops show up. If No matter what, it could go badly for you, even if it's in the middle of your house, guy has on a ski mask um, and an axe. <laughs> but if you can't articulate <laughs> to the police, things might not work out for you or if you get a prosecutor with political aspirations and they don't care about the facts because remember some of these people were scumbags we had one as a governor um think about that there are lessons to be learned from it don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. learn from it uh, another uh, the guy who does this is uh, john correa john correa 
Uh, he has active self-protection. It's He has a uh, Facebook page. He also has a YouTube channel. Watch that. He breaks it down every day. He has a different one come on. Uh, he brings out a different episode. And he talks about what people did right and wrong. Um, he is also a firearms instructor. Everything he says, I don't agree with every time, but still it's better than nothing and it's lessons taught. Use everything possible to learn from this so you don't have to actually be in this situation. One yeah, John's whole thing is breaking down the play-by-play in video, right? Yeah. And showing you exactly where where things happen, how they happen, and, and you know, you can argue that it's Monday morning quarterbacking, but it's it's analysis. And I think that's that's the, the part that's valuable is that if you find yourself in that situation, you may have learned something where you go, okay, respond this. So. And by the way, as someone who played football, Monday morning quarterbacking is something we did. So you can learn yeah. lessons for the next game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people use it as a negative term now, but it's not. It's how you learn. So Absolutely. use that to learn. That's what we talk about a lot. Use these things to learn from, but don't just look at them as a dime store novel we won. Uh, another thing we can talk about is, is it's just not good guy versus bad guy we can look at. It's any firearms related shootouts or confrontations we can check out because avoidance is huge. I want to avoid any self-defense firearms use in my life if I can and still keep my family safe. Yeah, the first step to winning a gunfight is not having one. Exactly. All right, so that that's really about the training concepts and how to use these things. Again, um, Self-Defense Gun Stories is on the Self-Defense Radio Network. It's really good. It's short. It's 15 minutes or less, and every week has a different instructor on it. I think we're up to episode 107 now. So if you want to binge listen, go ahead. They can be found on a bunch of different apps, and they also have uh, – they also have a website, Self-Defense Gun Stories. Check it out. It, it's really fun. And uh, John Correa, again, active self-protection on um, on YouTube. And you can also go through their Facebook page. And they have stuff every day worth looking at. Gun culture. Gun culture, this goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about. With your firearms training, it's no self-defense law in your state. Too many people watch these videos, read these stories, and they go, oh, that's awesome. Not understanding that there is no reason really free. Depends on what state you're in. You won't be able to get away with shooting at someone who's stealing your car in the front yard. Yeah, sure. It feels good to put uh, uh, for the bad guy to get his comeuppance immediately if he's trying to steal your car. But that doesn't go hand in hand with some state laws. And you can go to jail for a really long time and be away from your family. And that's not a good thing. Also, even if you get away with it, it could financially devastate your family. And understand there's a civil side to the whole thing too. Even after you win the gunfight, you still may get sued, which is neither here nor there. That can happen. But if you were actually lawfully defending your family, then let the lawsuit come. It is what it is. But know the law. Don't be ignorant of the law. And this this is one of the things Mike puts out, Mike Wolford puts out in uh, his Justifiable Force courses. And I believe it originally comes from Masada Ayub. And and the whole point is knowing the law, right? Uh Um, If you know the standard to which your actions will be judged and you act within that standard, then you should not fear the judgment. There you go. Right? Yep. And I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering the actual quote. But the idea is, if if you know what the law is, and you act within the confines of the law, then you don't have to worry about, did you break the law after the fact? Because you know what you did was right, both morally and legally and, and you know, all of that. But if you don't know, it makes it that much harder to obey the rules. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just walk into a baseball game not knowing how to play. You'd, you'd ask a few questions before you started, you know, running the wrong direction on the bases. It's the same that, thing with this. 
And that also falls under that whole mandatory training thing. Some of them don't even include the law in their mandatory training. Some do and don't stress it. Uh, that's one of the good things about the Utah concealed carry non-resident class. Everyone teaches it the same way because Utah makes trainers come out and learn it the Utah way. And they don't allow you to teach it unless you're repeating it the way they have it. And that's the good thing about Utah. You need to take quality training so you know what you don't know. Because you don't know what you don't know until you get educated on it. And don't write. Sorry about that, guys. It fell off again. I have no idea what's going on, but this show keeps dropping off. Anyway, um, the last segment was about gun culture and learning self-defense law. We're moving right along to shout-outs. Oh, excuse me. Hold on a second. Hey, Sean, you were done, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you, you got to learn the law in your area. And even if you just do a precursory Google search for, you know, ask the question. Is my state, you know, whatever your state you live in, uh, stand your ground or duty to retreat? At least know what questions to ask. You, you type that into a search engine and it's probably going to lead you to someone who's well versed on the subject, a local attorney uh, or the actual state, you know, criminal code. And you can read it. it out. Well, my thing is this. Go to second call defense or U.S. Law Shield, even, I'm not even telling you to buy this stuff. I'm saying if you go to those websites for these, these are, these are self-defense insurance companies. They're not really insurance, but that, that's how people bill it. But right. go, go there and at least it gives you a, a, coach, a, a, a starting point from someone that actually, because of the people involved and I know the people involved, I trust these organizations. Uh, Marty Hayes also has one. I forget the name of it, but it's out in Seattle. Dang. Um, but those are like three companies that you can at least start use as a starting point and then work your way to your state. But really taking a class is a smart move for something like this yeah. and being educated. Plus, it also gives you certificates when you take stuff like this. And that's a good thing especially in a self-defense uh, scenario when you can prove you actually had some training and you use that training. <clears throat> Again, you got to think deeper than just pew pew. All right. This week's shout out goes to my friend, Rob Pincus. Uh, some people may know who he is. Some people don't. Uh, Rob Pincus is from uh, the personal defense network. He also is with ICE training he was one of the first companies outside of the whole uh, gun for hire family that helped the second is for everyone out. Uh, I spoke to Rob at a meeting in South Jersey uh, that he was having after one of the classes. I talked to him, introduced myself, told him what he was doing. And he was like, yep, I'll definitely help you out. Um, the personal defense network training tour happens every year and it's sponsored by big companies. Uh, CM was a CMMG, uh, Springfield, Springfield Armory, uh, just uh, 511. There's a lot of companies. And what Rob did was give me a ton of swag books that he's written because uh, he's an author. He's a consultant uh, and a professional trainer for 20, 30 years. And uh, he gave me a lot of swag, DVDs, stuff from Personal Defense Network, stuff from ICE training, books he wrote, T-shirts, stickers. He signed the books for you, too, which was nice. He signed books, too. Um, and he also took the time over the years to actually introduce me to other people in the firearms industry and, and actually co-signed for me as, as legitimate to people who get asked a lot for stuff for free and um it's really helped out a lot and i really wanted to give him that respect and and the shout out because he's a real stand-up dude and as in the industry you know there's there's people that poo-poo a trainer because of their techniques or something they don't agree with that's fine we can talk about different things but it's talking about being a stand-up person that supports civil rights and is very well spoken when he does it. Rob Pincus is awesome at that. And um, proud to call him my friend. 
<clears throat> nice. Yep. Hey, the firearms industry has a lot of decent people in it, and I'm lucky to know some of them. <laughs> I don't know everyone, but I, I know some of them, and these are great people, and they support what we do. And uh, it, it really destroys that negative narrative that the media is trying to push about firearms people in general. It's all bull crap. All right, let's go on to what's next. What's next is what is, uh, next? What is next? What is next is day after tomorrow on May 12th, Handgun Fundamentals at Fort Dix. We're going to be teaching that course, which is going to be awesome. Sean and I do our courses together, and we really stress safety and fundamentals of firearms handling. Um, and we teach people to actually shoot handguns quite well in this. And we stick with the skill level of the person and try to increase wherever they're at. So if you've been shooting for a couple of years, but you're not really that great, we take you and make you better than you were when you walked in the door. If you've never taken that pistol in your life, we teach you safety, how to safely handle any firearm, not just pistols, and then teach you how to shoot a pistol and get better than you ever thought you could, unless you had some unrealistic expectations of being uh, John Wick, then we can't help you. You need psychiatric help. But, uh, we can actually make you better and show you realistically what you can do with a handgun. So the third one we get a lot of are, uh, are folks who shot years ago and got away from shooting and haven't done it in a while. And they want to take a course as a, as a refresher. This is a good refresher course too, to get you back into it. And the reason this is a good refresher course is because we will take the time out. It is not a high speed training course that you feel all bummed out because you're slowing the class down. We will go at the rate of the students around us. And since there's two of us, we can take a step back and one of us can handle the rest of the class and the other one can help someone out. So that, yep. that's the good thing about team teaching. We, we can do that. Uh, and the that, last time we did it, we had, we had really varied skills, right? And it, it was almost like we were running multiple courses at the same time. <laughs> because some people were, were shooting you know, from a standing position and doing reloads and all this stuff. And we had other students that were still shooting the handgun off the bench, uh, just just getting the fundamentals of, you know, sight picture, sight alignment, all the very basic, basic stuff. And then we're, we're running drills with one of the other students and pushing them to go faster. And the, the funny thing to me was, you know, it was a mother and a son. Yeah. And they were just opposite ends of the spectrum as far as that goes. But we had them both in the same class and they, they both walked away feeling they got a lot out of it and, and really enjoyed it. And, you know, in, in, in some ways, even though they were doing very different skills, they still took the course together and kind of had a fun time together. That's funny. Cause that's the second time we did that. Dominic and his mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that that's May 12th, June 7th. Second is for everyone diversity shoot a gun for her range tickets go on sale now they're actually on eventbrite at this time uh tomorrow should be the debut of the uh facebook event and again 40 tickets only 20 dollars a ticket gun for hire range woodland park june 7th you're going to have of course the same usual pizza fun speakers lots of guns and uh trainers there to help new shooters out and just a good interaction between all peoples at this event june 10th Minuteman Challenge is going to be a pistol carbine, pistol caliber carbine Minuteman Challenge. And we also have a pistol caliber carbine donated by High Point Firearms. They sent one down just for this event to be used. So you don't even have to have a pistol caliber carbine to participate. They will be provided for you. So this is the June 10th Minuteman Challenge, Fort Dix, New Jersey. Hey, there's more. There's more good news. Uh, Modern Material, Joe Savio from Modern Material said that Modern Material has a pistol caliber carbine they're working on. Uh, he's going to bring that out, and hopefully, we'll get that in everybody's hands as well. So there you have your, your New Jersey manufacturer, as well as a, a nationally recognized manufacturer, supporting this event. And uh, I, I think I'm going to put on a disguise and bring my. Celtics up 2000. I'm going to compete in this one instead of running it. I want to play, dang it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks. I, I've been having fun shooting this thing myself. Um, 
<laughs> September 22nd, New Jersey SafeCon, the Second Amendment Conference, the only one in the state of New Jersey is going to be held at Gloucester County Community College. Uh, you can go to njsafecon.net or Google it. I don't know. Um, go to NJ SafeCon. Check it out. It's really important that you go there if you live in Jersey. Even if you don't live in Jersey you want to slide through, you can have fun there. We're going to have a bunch of sponsors and everything else. And that's what's happening next. If, if you're in a neighboring state, check out this event because it shows you uh, what what we're up against in New Jersey, right? It, it really gives you a good idea of um, where, where the fight is at as far as uh, a very hostile political climate towards firearms and what, what may be coming to your state if these anti-gun politicians have their way. And again, the reason I went to New York, to the Hudson County Friends of the NRA, the reason I was trying to get out to Harrisburg uh, to their Second Amendment rally is we as gun owners – we as people that are politically active really need to fellowship and get to know each other and then friend each other on Instagram, Facebook, and all those things. We have to create this grassroots thing. That's how we're going to fight these douches that are trying to steal your rights. <laughs> this is how we do this. This is how you form a guerrilla movement. And this is exactly what I'm pushing. That's what the second is for everyone is, is recruitment, for people to actually fight for their civil rights and become politically active. I just pull the curtain back and let people know. Yeah, I'm trying to make you care enough about your rights to actually fight for your rights and do it in a social way because it makes sense. This is how we do it. I'm way too old, fat, and lazy to actually participate in the revolution. <laughs> I'm not climbing. This is how we do it. Exactly. I'm not climbing on a roof. I'm not a roof topper. I'm trying to get you to vote <laughs> so we never have to get to that point. I like my cable TV and air conditioning way too much for Second Civil War. All right. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. You can become a monthly donator on Patreon. That'll be great. That'll be awesome. Uh, if you want to go ahead to go fund me, you can do that. The second is for everyone is where you can find us on both Patreon and GoFundMe. The funds from this will help us run events. It will help us pay for food, ammo, and upkeep cost on everything that we do, including providing um, internet access, uh, modern <laughs> equipment so we can do these things. Anything you donate will be appreciated. You can also go and order from blackbagresources.com using code, the second is for everyone, 2A4E. 2A4E. Yep. I made it simple. Yeah, and I, I messed it, it simple up. It's for people to remember. And you. Obviously, <laughs> this is the first time you've met me. Yeah, so anyway, put in 2A4E as a discount code, and whatever you order to be donated to us will be delivered to the diversity shoot by Sean, so shipping is obviously not an issue. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, because now we're on iTunes and we're on various other platforms. Thank you for taking out the time to listen to us. Send us emails, send us voicemails, whatever you can. Let us know what you think. Appreciate it. And Sean? You get the last word. Deflagration. Ooh, you suck. Awesome. <laughs> I'd like to take a minute to talk about High Point Firearms. I purchased my own High Point 40 Cal Smith & Wesson pistol and wrote a review about it on the firearmsinsider.tv. I stand behind it every positive word I said in that review. High Point has supported the diversity shoot with swag, hats, t-shirts, and in the last year, carbines. They're an American company with a lifetime warranty on their products and a price that can't be beat. If you want a range gun, a truck gun, or an inexpensive self-defense firearm, you should look into High Point pistols and carbines.